Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, we're looking for great ideas, inspiration that you can bring into your classroom to get more kids excited about the science, technology, engineering, and math skills that they need for the amazing careers that await them someday. Today, we're going to chat with Trey Moore. He is a high school technology and engineering design teacher in North Carolina, uh, working in that CTE category. And, and at the same time, in his spare time, he does a lot of art stuff. So I'm really excited to hear kind of that that combination. And I think educators are going to get a lot of great ideas that can really help you. And welcome to the show today, Trey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And and uh, first of all, if you want to find out more about Trey, his artwork and things like that, you can follow him on Instagram at TR, the number eight, and then M-O-O-R-E. That's how you spell his last name, Moore. Uh, that's also his Twitter handle. Those will be in the show notes as well. As well, you can go to TreyMoreArt.com, all in the show notes. Uh, Trey, tell us a little bit about how you got into education and, and really working towards this technology engineering uh, combination for kids. Wow, I don't know that there's any, it just happened serendipitously and, mm -hmm. and technology engineering and design, like when it came to me that going into education was the thing to do, that was, that was like the fit. I have an undergraduate degree in design and that was probably where the first seeds were, were planted. One of the big parts of the program I went through were these critiques as well as projects. I mean, what we did, you know, the core structure was centered around these studio classes that would meet for three hours every three days mm -hmm. and everything else you were taking within the program and within the university is what fit into these studio classes and critiques yeah. were a part of it. You're just the excitement of seeing what everybody was doing whatever their program area and not so not just the folks in your own studio. So that was it was just an amazing experience. Went into construction, did that for about three years. Then it seemed like making a transition to something else. Uh, I don't know, just sort of the stuff that, you know, resonated that I enjoyed about my design school years just mm -hmm. really seemed to fit with technology education and that's it. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating story because Trey, I think I think it shows really what kids experience too when they're in a class like yours, where where they're sitting in Mr. Moore's class and they're they're using their hands to create stuff. They're they're designing things. They're they're not so much just working on. I'm just finishing up a project to hand it in. They're they're really exploring things that they really like to make. Right. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I've seen, I have a professional studio space for my artwork. And I, I often think of my my shop, my classroom as my second studio space. And often what I see when folks come in, even younger folks, as well as adults, when they come into the, the studio where I work with, with other artists, it's this jaw-dropping experience. Like, oh my God, a place like this exists and I remember having that experience the first time I visited the School of Design at North Carolina State. So I don't know that I get those jaw-dropping reactions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't. I have a captive audience at the high school, but right. you know, wanting to create a space like that where we come in and we do stuff. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of kids do get that, whether their jaws actually drop to the floor or not, you know, I mean, but they they do. They they walk away from those types of classes with 
with a lot of good memories because they get to explore uh, using different tools, different techniques to to share the the things that are that are inside of them that they want to put into a particular type of a medium. And and for you as a very much a, a drawing and painting type artist, I mean you can you can really show those kids that, that that's very possible. Well, what I like to share with them and is really that I practice what I preach. What we do in the classroom is what I do outside the classroom. It's not something that I'm presenting to them because it's in a textbook or just because somebody tells me this is, I know this is what designers have to learn. I know this is what engineers have to learn. I know this is what's practiced because I've done it and I still do it. And I even talk about whether it's sweeping floors, writing um, definitions, or doing all the tasks involved in the projects. I said, I've done it, we'll do it, and currently do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of teachers feel that way too. <laughs> we we become these kind of uh, jack-of-all-trades where, we, where we're doing a lot of different things, especially as STEM teachers trying to infuse that STEM into our classrooms. We're thinking, how do I bring in some of these skills? How do I how do I get a kid to really understand that engineering design process or 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 go beyond just technology? I have kids using Chromebooks in my classroom, but actually using the tools available in our district or in, in the school to to help kids. Now you're working at that high school level and you've got so many skills and so much expertise, Trey. Um, what are some things that that us as as uh, non-experts like yourself could could really learn to to bring into our classroom to help kids with some of those skills? Well, one of the things that I've seen you share uh, repeatedly on your Twitter feed is using whatever materials are available, whatever tools are available. Mm-hmm. So the first step is not to feel like you're encumbered by not having something. Use what you have mm-hmm. and you know, that's an artist approach. That's a designer's approach. That's mm-hmm. a realistic approach. You know, in nowhere do you have an unlimited budget, unlimited resources, you know, unlimited materials or unlimited time. Those are all real constraints. Mm-hmm. And as I look at it, you know, I might have a band saw and a table saw and a chop saw, a CNC machine and a 3D printer, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to use it. And it doesn't mean you're not going to use it because it's some special thing that's only reserved for the highest. No, you're going to use the tools and materials that are appropriate to solving the problem. Yeah. As well as the tools and materials that are available to the problem. Yeah. And a a lot of teachers sometimes feel hindered by, you know, they're going to get that grant and then they can really do things with their kids. But uh, like like you said, Trey, just just get started. Use the materials you've got. Now, now you try to also uh, really help kids understand that that art and that engineering, uh, those really go together. You know, what are what are some ways that 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 happens uh, in your classroom? I think maybe the most art oriented thing, and I don't know that I bring it in explicitly. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, it's just something there that I do. I think most People in the school, students and faculty are usually surprised to, to discover that I do the art and at the level I do. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the projects that I do with a second level course are these um, automata mechanical toys. Oh, yeah. So they're having to come up with an action that they're going to animate using cams and gears. And so that's more art oriented. 
you can certainly find an abundance of websites that that show some outrageous, just amazing automata and very much on the art and sculptural side of things. So that's a real wonderful blending of, of the art and the science and the technology and the engineering with the art. Yeah, and and it seems like just each and every day, kids are, are thinking more about uh, those different types of careers. They're thinking about things where they can actually solve problems, where they can actually uh, use their hands in some of those types of careers and and things like that. Now, how do how do you share with the kids? What are what are some of those those other projects that you do? You talked about <laughs> Automata, but um, what are what are some of the other uh, cool things that you think uh, educators should definitely look at trying to bring into their classroom? You know, I'm pretty fortunate that the things that I've been really excited, I think the students are really excited about, I can do because I have the space to do them. Mm-hmm. I've done with middle school, eighth grade middle school students, as well as um, my entry level design engineering class, we've built cardboard chairs. And that's something I've done for years and years. And you just use cardboard and no glue, no tape, no fasteners. It's it's completely how they cut and join the cardboard. And they have to be able to sit on it, right? And they have anybody. I, I, I couch it as anybody has to be able to sit in the chair and the wonderful thing about that project is is especially when they're like no way no way no way and we get to the end and we've done the impossible wow that's that's very empowering for those kids to uh, to say i i built this and, and it actually works yeah i do a lot of things i get really excited about with the second level they they've gone through they suffered they suffered through me <laughs> in the first level class, and they've decided they're going to come back for some more. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good joke. Come back for some more, Mister Moore, right? <laughs> then uh, several years ago, that same course where I now do the automata, we build adaptive equipment for some of our uh, special needs students. Oh, that's awesome! And again, using cardboard, it was an idea that I got from my oldest daughter who was sharing something with me. I, I don't even remember the name of the group. It was in New York City. And I looked at it as like, we can do this ourselves. So we we started working with our special needs students, making booster seats, floor seats, whatever equipment they needed to support their physical and education needs. Um, and we we're talking you know, students who often were nonverbal hmm. and often were wheelchair bound. And that was that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I think the kids enjoyed doing something like that. That really meant something. It, it wasn't just some project that we did that you never saw, never visited again. Right. And we did several other things for other schools in the district. Hmm. Then I have another uh, second or third level class working on an electric vehicle project. And this is just an ongoing, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many versions of the vehicle we've gone through and trying to refine it and further develop it. Uh, you know, the idea behind the projects like these was, you know, wanted to set the bar high. The yeah. expectations are high. You, you know, you're making something that absolutely has to work throughout my, um, first level class, you know, the expectation is that it's going to work. You know, you're here to solve a problem and it needs to work. But, you know, you set that expectation in the second level course is that 
that really there is no other option. You know, somebody's going to drive the electric vehicle that needs to be safe, right? Not just not just start moving, but it actually has to protect the driver. Yeah. Uh, so your question was more like teachers who maybe don't have these resources. In the first level class, we use recycled, repurposed materials throughout the course. And I think it might frustrate the students a bit because they see all the other tools and materials and that's what they want to use. Yeah. And why can't we, why can't we use the fancy saws? Why can't we use the CNC machine yet? But, but so often Trey, you know, if they can use those, those simple prototyping materials that, you know, are recyclable, that are easy to use, then you can move on to once you've got those skills to those bigger, better types of equipment. Yeah. And, you know, you can do most any project with the materials that are available. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, to whatever degree you're able, maybe you don't make an electric vehicle, you make a rubber band powered vehicle yeah. using whatever resources are available. You know, if you buy, if you have the money to buy a kit, buy a kit that's just a bunch of parts and pieces that you can augment with stuff you bring in out of your recycle bin. Yeah. Uh, cardboard tubes, you know, even things you might have you know, around the classroom envelopes or index cards, as well as paper clips. So you don't need a huge budget and you can do any kind of, you know, vehicle design, Rube Goldberg machines, which are a perennial uh, project in my classroom. And then how you set the parameters, the criteria and the constraints really determines what you're going to get. So you, you know, you sort of start with your instructional goals. What am I trying to accomplish? Yeah, you want to do the projects, you want the hands on because they're engaging, but you're not necessarily doing it for the sake of doing the project. I think a lot of teachers get stuck in that. They say this would be a fun project to do. Let's do it because it's a fun project. And like you said, Trey, you, you have to start at that, that why we're doing it. What is that curricular focus? What are the kids going to learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I have. And again, I, because of the nature of my content area, you know, being a design and engineering focused course, I mean, I, I, it's not that I'm doing projects for the sake of doing projects, yeah. but that teaching that design process is at the core of it. So mm-hmm. it does open up that most, the majority of the instruction is via projects. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's reinforcing or throwing in, this is the math we're using, or this is the science we're using. This is the engineering and the design part of it. This is the art part of it. So those things are sort of thrown into the basket as we're doing the projects. You know, but you do something like a Rube Goldberg machine. So you're reinforcing simple machines, mechanical advantage, uh, gear ratios, pulleys, how you move from a inclined plane to a wedge to a lever and how all of these are just really subtle variations of the one before that makes a lot of sense trey i I really get that and and actually i think a lot of teachers maybe if if you could share maybe some ideas about the skills that you see kids coming up up to your level at that high school level what are some skills that especially those k through eight teachers can be can be thinking about about bringing what are what are ways that they can you know, say these are skills that are really going to help you once you get to those those design levels like you're at. I know this has probably been said ad nauseum, but it's really the basics. The math I learned, I went through in college, you know, wasn't 
really much past calculus. And so yeah. I'll tell my students, I mean, like the most useful things are algebra, ratios, geometry, mm-hmm. fractions, and decimals, like, and really understanding those, those basics because we use a lot of geometry when we lay out parts and pieces. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to measure something. Uh, having come from the construction trades, fractions are still used. It always blows my mind that I will speak in fractions and they will return in decimals, which is fine up to uh, a quarter <laughs> or <Yeah>. 25 hundredths. <laughs> then once you get past a quarter, they're stuck. They can't yeah. do the they can't do the decimals anymore. So I think fractions are still very valuable the core basic math concepts that are in a lot of ways, pretty universal things that you know you will use. They really do form the foundation of of so much of that engineering design process, that that technology aspect that they're going to face in in those CTE courses and and in so many careers out there. As math teacher, Trey, I really appreciate you sharing that because I I, I try to say those things all the time to to my students. and, And but those are skills that kids can be learning from those earliest elementary years all the way up and reinforced. And again, it provides them with so many more opportunities in in the future. So uh, we've talked about so many uh, great ideas. I would love to know your hope, Trey, for for the future of STEM and and even CTE courses and learning uh, in the future. What do you you think about that? I really, this is an easy question to to answer because it's something I have been thinking and mulling over and addressing or attempting to address for years. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it happen in other places, not necessarily to the extent that, that I envision, but it's, it goes, you know, whether you call it project-based learning or problem-based learning, it's creating a program where your CTE, your STEM, that's the core very much. I think of it much like my undergrad experience where you have the studio course, you have your CTE class. Mm-hmm. That is your main focus. So you're, when you go to your math class, your math is there to support your STEM class, your CTE, your tech engineering design class. Yeah. Uh, your science is there to support that. Your English is there to support that. Yeah, I really feel like that this liberal arts oriented format of education in public schools is outdated and not particularly useful to most of our students. Yeah. As much as we can, you know, build those those subjects together and, and crossing those boundaries, that that really does make a difference. And and it helps the kids to realize it's useful. It's not just like you said earlier about something, it's just a project because we have to turn in the project. So and one question that I love asking, and I would really love to to hear your your answer for this. If you could have somebody from from STEM or even from arts, uh, past or present, be that ultimate guest speaker in your classroom, uh, who would that be, Trey? This was something I had to think about a good little bit when you gave me the preview of some of the topics we'd cover. Yeah, you know, certainly I kind of go with the the notion that you don't want to meet your heroes. <laughs> Or, (laughs) and not that, uh, you know, these people are my heroes. I I have met so many wonderful people that I enjoy talking to and and have had in the classroom Mm. that 
I guess you might say are just ordinary people that do what they do and have been wonderful to count as friends or colleagues or acquaintances. But if I were to answer your question directly, it would be Joseph Albers. Yeah. He was a teacher, a painter, originally a student at the Bauhaus design school in Germany uh, before World War II. He studied there, then became a teacher there. Pretty foundational ideas on color theory, Mm -hmm. but also taught at a design school as well. When the Bauhaus finally folded, he found himself in the United States and then became part of the Black Mountain College here in the western part of North Carolina. Robert Rauschenberg, among others, were some of his students. Pretty cool you know, there, there's much about him mm-hmm. that I really, really think is kind of neat. And so it might yeah. be nice to get to know him. Yeah. And, and I love, I mean, I think so many of those stories like that are, have that local connection where, where here Joseph Albers ended up in that same, you know, state that you're in and, and teachers, you just go type uh, Joseph Albers into Google images. You're going to see some amazing artwork that you can say, wow, that is definitely some STEM and steam artwork. And uh, maybe you can maybe you can come up with some great ideas to uh, to bring into your classroom. I'm sure. So, any any other last thoughts? It's been so great chat with you today, Trey. But any any other last thoughts or advice uh, for the educators listening? Don't be afraid to do something because you don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, so often I get bored doing the same project, so I'll try something that I haven't done before. I had never built an electric vehicle yeah. ever until we started doing it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I try not to let not having done something before stop me. Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice. Educators, don't don't let the apprehension stop you. Give it a try. And and you just mentioned electric vehicles. Uh, I, I got to say, Trey, you, you said something before we started the show about about vehicles and it, and it really resonates with me because I so often say STEM is for for every kid in every classroom every day, but I, I gotta have you share share your thought. <laughs> I teach every make and model of student at the school. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that what it's all about educators? We're just trying to help every every make and model a kid to uh, to get excited, inspired to uh, to learn. Trey Moore, you're doing a great job with your students. We really applaud you for, for everything you're doing uh, with the kids and just all the best as you uh, keep doing uh, all the great things you're doing. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for having me. It was a real pleasure. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. And, and educators, if you want to find out more and see some amazing artwork that Trey has done, head to TreyMoreArt.com. Links are in the show notes. Follow him on Instagram or Twitter at TR, the number eight, and then more, M-O-O-R-E. And you can see all the amazing things he's doing. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave a review. It helps more educators to find out about the show. Find out about great people like Trey doing amazing stuff in their classrooms. If you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. I'm always happy to help. And until then, educators, keep on helping every kid in every classroom every day get excited about their learning.